3: 18 plus it's time to get sexy so watch secular sexuality live thursdays at 7 p.m central visit tiny.cc slash y t s s and call into the show at 512-991-9242 or connect to the show online at tiny.cc slash call s e x
1: Welcome back to another episode of The Nonprofits. This is a show where we discuss news and topics of the day from a skeptical humanist perspective. This is episode 20.43, 43 43 episodes this year. And it's kind of a special episode as well because um, it's been, this is the closest episode that we have that since um, the the revamped um, and reinitiated nonprofit started. So um, I'm very happy to be here. Um, My name is Malty and um, we have a great panel and um, some interesting things to talk about today. So starting on my far left, Laura McGee. Hello, welcome. Thank you. And Richard Gilliver, Gilliver. Gilliver. I knew that. It's (laughs) Gilliver. (laughs) we'll get that yeah (laughs) special guest star guest host Genevieve welcome
2: hi excited to be here
1: so these two we know. Um, you are um, a, a new person to the nonprofits. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am Genevieve. I co-host a call-in show with uh, Mr. Dave Warnock uh, called That GD Show. Um, I make a bunch of funny videos on TikTok. Um, so if you're not scared of the dancing children, you should come check me out there. Um, I do a lot of discussion about science and religion. Um, and yeah, that's that's been my, my jam. It's been really great doing 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 shows like this. I'm so excited to be here.
1: Great. Thank you. Welcome. to Yeah. um, So I just want to make sure that I get out of the way. I get out of the way, but I'll let you guys know that this show is a product of the Atheist Community of Austin, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. And we are dedicated to the separation of religion and government and the promotion of positive atheism. So today... We're gonna be talking about Sean Moon's Tennessee Training Center, uh, Ronnie Floyd's resignation from the um, Southern Baptist Conference, A fight against woke indoctrination um, and looking back segment. Haven't done a looking back for a while, but we'll do uh, a looking back at the Great Disappointment of 1844. So as with all of our shows, links to today's topics, um, the news we discuss, will be available in the description below. Feel free to pause at any point in time um, and read the material for yourself. Um, Don't just take our word for it and we want you but definitely come back and check out what we have to say as well so with that um we'll get on right on to our first segment um i am going to call mooney 2.0 Tennessee training center uh it sean moon um we had talked about him and his um, buying of property in Texas um, in an episode not too long ago. Um, and it's not too um, surprising for me to hear about this um, um, him buying some more. Of this. So our first article is coming from Vice by Tess Owens um, on October 12th, 2021. MAGA gun church that worships with AR-15s has bought a giant mountain property in Tennessee. So with that, um, yeah, the Moonies, um they, they are no stranger to financial 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 transactions, of large large size, involvement in politics, and preaching in the Pentecostal Church. Um, Like I said before, we um, we talked about an episode twenty twenty seven about uh, about Sean and his checks. Um, We have a clip of that episode. I'd like to share that with you right now.
4: He follows and was in favor of um, our previous president, and in an interview, he had referenced that he is determined to take up arms solely to um, defeat the political satanism and i took that as meaning you know defeating the secular world with you know holy scripture um and things like that and so i i wonder how much of you know that type of language solely has to do with you know their faith or is it just a type of business venture in order to um put themselves on a type of political and overarching business um, pedestal Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I, I did notice that um that Sean's brother you said it was a uh, Just, Justin Jason Correct. Justin. Yeah, mm-hmm. Justin. Um he uh did finance the purchase and the um rehabilitation of this 40-acre compound or some, somewhat. I believe that was Correct. in the article as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and yeah, they are definitely um kind of an end-of-days cult. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm happy that YouTube booted them um, for obvious reasons, but no, they are still um, having um, sermons weekly on uh, Twitch, and uh, I think there was another um, platform that he was um, spouting his ret- rhetoric on, but we have quotes like, we are in the death of America right now, and that's why, of course, God mm-hmm. is allowing this expansion, our expansion, so it's some of the, uh, yeah. Um, so I don't know. Um, I don't know what to think about these guys.
4: Um, I mean, I, I gained two different perspectives as um, it, it, it does appear that.
1: Yeah. So not a, uh, they, they, they like their money. They, they like their politics and they do like their guns. Um, what did you all think of uh, this article from um, from Vice News?
3: Laura, you're muted, I think.
1: Oh, am I muted?
0: No, Lord. I was muted during the, the show so I didn't make any noise as well that was playing. But um, no, one thing that was really, really clear to me in these articles and in the previous um, Nonprofits episode on um, other articles is the ties between a religious organization and politics like that. I mean, I shouldn't really surprise anybody, but that was the biggest thing that I took away from it is these people aren't just about religion. They're very heavily into pushing a political agenda. And um, I think Jenna makes some good points on the the previous episode, but I really wanted to get more into that um, because this isn't just about spreading a religious team we're talking guns and buying up property and push um, a lot of really heavy political rhetoric um, that has absolutely nothing to do with things yeah
3: again. very little of what they said from from what i saw of the article very little of it had anything to do with the teachings of the church uh, the, the 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 guns they use is even those are political the ar-15s which are cited in the article they're very controversial uh weapons anyway because it's been used in lots of high-profile shootings and yet they're promoted as america's rifle by the national rifle association so there, there seems to be a little bit <laughs> a discrepancy there about the, the the nra's choice of america's rifle uh, if, if you want to go for the ones that are involved in really controversial acts and shootings and murders then you know probably wow. not the best one to go for yeah mm-hmm. a,
2: you know something uh in that vein that i sort of took away when i was when i was studying this was you know he had this big event um i want to say it was 2 weeks after the parkland shooting um that was a rifle blessing um you know at this church and and Something that's really interesting about Sean Moon is that a lot of what he does does seem to be a, you know, a political stunt or, you know, he knows what he's doing when it comes to the way that he dresses. If you've ever seen him, he's got this gold crown of bullets and a camo jacket like a uh, like a like a suit on. And he and he, he kind of jokes about how goofy it is. He knows that he's getting attention. He knows that he's being inflammatory and, and he he cites one Bible verse um, I believe from revelations that sort of justifies centering ar15s in in his church but I wonder how much of it really has to do with his theology and and his his beliefs in God and how much of it has to do with grabbing attention and sort of building up his church as, as a business as most churches often operate
1: yeah there's um definitely a a large business part of it. Um, And I I do see why they would be um, focused on the um, Make America Great Again crowd as, uh, as a target audience. Um, the the Moon family and their churches has been um, really tied into politics and the Republican Party for quite some time ever since they brought um, the church, uh, Unification Church, over from South Korea in the 1970s. Uh, what did you think of, did you look at uh, Senior Moon there, Richard, at all? Or No, to, to be honest, I, I was so uh, I was so
3: taken aback by the uh, uh, the the kind of political thing like Laurie was talking about, and uh, I know we said they've not got very biblical teachings, but they, they do have like uh, uh, allegations against them, as as with lots of little cults like this of uh, abuse and coercion, hmm. and uh, they have an annual pilgrimage where uh, such evil things, evil, evil things as mental illness and infertility and indeed homosexuality can be ritually beaten out of people in in a process known as uh, ansu uh, which is Bizarrely described as a form of ancestor worship, yeah. it, 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 it bewilders me. That that side of it is really fascinating
1: to me. Yeah, Genevieve, you have uh, looked a little bit into that, didn't you?
2: Yeah, I, I, it was interesting. I watched a lot of interviews with ex moonies sort of talking about their experience, and I think one of the most bizarre ones, um, you know, because yes, you're right. They they do have this pilgrimage where they will spend hours just beating themselves, um, in this, you know, you know, ritual that that you know they they say sort of brings them to like the spiritual plane with their with their ancestors um and and uh and yet a lot of the abuse that has happened with the church—it—it's a lot of it is in line with like what you see with Jehovah's Witnesses, where where people join this cult with as in with many cults, and one of the first things they do is they cut you off from your family. The other interesting thing that that you know Sung Myon Moon, because we're, we're talking about the the Unification Church here, which is a separate, somewhat entity um, from this church in Tennessee that just bought all this land. Um, I think that's important to clarify. Um, But it's, you know, it's been fascinating seeing the differences and similarities between Sean's church and the church of his father, the one that was known for that pilgrimage and those beatings and, and uh, their biggest claim to fame being marrying hundreds of strangers at the same time in this big ceremony. Um, mm-hmm. The the financial abuse that, that I found with that was, was interesting as well. Um, both, Sean and his and his father Sun Myung Moon um seem to to really prioritize building their church and their following um not just as a cult but as a massive business empire um multi i was wondering um, cuz you you did some digging into into the unification church as well um, and the financial ties that that I found were, you know, astounding. Um, I was wondering what you felt about that.
1: Yeah, yeah, the the, the ties between um, the Korean intelligence service, in the 70s um, and um, um, Sean Yong Moon's purchase of the Washington Times, a right leaning newspaper, which then he he was the, pretty much it was the Fox News before Fox News was there. We then built that into a a multinational um, right wing news network, which is, I think, still run by the, um, the Unification Church. So um, I can see now Sean has, this is where I think Sean is getting um, a lot of this money that he wants to, again, yeah, like you said, uh, follow in his father's footsteps in, you know, he wants, he built or bought this Tennessee land because he wants to build, he says, a, a Tennessee version of um, the resort and um, place of holy worship in South Korea that his, his father has, um, the Heaven and Earth um, Training Center, which if you go on uh, Google Maps, people, and, and take a look at this, go walk around that place. It is huge um and for him to be wanting to do this i'm a little more leery because when i see pictures of the property that they bought it looks more like a different kind of training center let's say um,
3: yeah that that's the thing that got me about it the uh, uh gun to in training get ground storm in the capital which they were involved with the on january the 6th uh they're caught in uh make america great again figures nah if we just turn that on its head a little bit, because that's all all-American, and they're not terrorists, no sirree because presumably they're Christians and not Muslims. But if we just turn that around a little bit and look at it from a different perspective, Muslims take guns to worship at their training ground and storm the capital. The results would have been an entirely different story, but these are Christians and not Muslims. And Christians don't do anything capital. wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: Yeah, so that actually was something that really, really impacted me. And so I did a lot of research and found nothing, by the way, about whether or not they're on an FBI terrorist watch list. Um, And I I used to be able to access that kind of stuff. um, Like I would, through when I was in the military, we had um, access to that kind of stuff, but I don't anymore. And just on the um, Google interwebs, um, unclassified stuff, I couldn't find any publications of the current terrorist watch lists. I would hope that with their, and I know that there's a lot of ties. Between politics and, and different um, government entities. So you really never know exactly how deep these guys are in. Um, and I don't want to get too conspiracy theory on that but one would hope that with their activities and their their blatant obvious gun toting and their rhetoric that they are on the fbi watch list that was my first concern is you know richard brings up a good point if they were of any other religion especially muslim pretty much any other religion they would be seen as a threat but because they're christians and they have good american values they're they're not at least not outwardly
1: yeah i think that well the sean's father had ties to uh, the political party and the government uh, so I don't know how much that would um, would you know carry on to uh, to him and his brother's um, businesses um, but I mean they have been they haven't been in had a problem with um, the law I mean they've been in jail and still been able to do quite a good business at least uh, senior back there's just so much, depth here, just I can't, can't seem to uh, figure out where to start. Um, Oh, yeah, you were talking about the, um, Genevieve, can you talk a little bit about the Moon and Martyr campaign? Because you had looked into that a little bit, didn't you?
2: Yeah, I did. Um, I mean, there's this, you know, it, you're right. It's it's so difficult to figure out where to start in this story because it's it's so there's there's so many different facets and, and it just weaves in and out of this mainstream far right, you know, politics. But but some like a, a little aside that was so interesting that, that you would mentioned was so, you know, in, in nineteen eighty two, I believe, he was um he was charged with an, um conspiracy to file false tax returns, obstruction of justice, and uh perjury. And he that was the same. Year that he founded the Washington Times, and then in 1984 he was sentenced to uh, 18 months in prison. I believe he served 13. And you, you know, typically one would assume that your church leader—and um, it's not just that he's a church leader—they uh, they believe that he is the second coming of Christ himself. So you would think him being you know imprisoned for all these crimes uh, would would be a horrible, horrible PR campaign. Um, but it out into this goldmine because immediately the Unification Church was able to spend millions on advertisements in major newspapers, not not highlighting the crimes that he was actually indicted for, um, and what he was serving time for, but as a as a figurehead of Christian persecution. And it's amazing all of the different organizations that they got to sort of go along with this. I mean, the the National Council of Churches and the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, and I believe even the A. CLU um, signed some of these some of these ads. And so they took this, you know, bad situation and sort of, they, they took advantage of this threat of Christian persecution that happens with the Christian majority in this country, ironically. And it, you know, he, he had support from Jerry Falwell. I mean, I could, and that goes into his, his ties with the moral majority and, and their in massive influence on the Republican party as we know it. Mm-hmm. Um It's, it's, it's a fascinating story. I would encourage everybody to to dive into this, read about it. There's there's so much that we could cover that we just I know we won't be able to get to.
1: Right. And yeah. So and uh, Moon please.
3: Moon senior was uh was uh as Genevieve correctly said, uh, considered the second coming of Christ, but it was self-proclaimed. Yeah. <laughs> it tickled me a little bit.
0: <laughs> and yet he still has followers though so so self-proclaimed or not there are people out there who think that there's validity to his statement who really follow his teachings and i think genevieve makes a really really good point like you almost can't lose if you're a figurehead in the christian church like you you commit a crime and you're just being persecuted um or or you're, you're you're outed for bad behavior and well it's just people trying to um make christians look bad or you know it's, it's really it's almost like you can't win one way or the other like it it, it seems like they've got it pretty nailed down in terms mm-hmm. of we're going to make the most out of everything. And um, mm-hmm. one thing, and I know this is kind of a little bit of a change of subject, but one thing that really, really got me was um, just how tied in they really are to the GOP. And um, like it's religion and politics go hand in hand. They always have and they always will. And I, I even put in my notes that politics and extremism go hand in hand. So none of this is really, really surprising. But at the same time, um, when, when you think of Moonies, you think of, oh, fringe group, cult group, no big Deal, whatever. But they've got former Trump advisors um, rooting for them. They've got ex NRA spokesmen. They've got GOP congressional candidates. So they really are um, really well embedded into the political process. And that's that's really what what I found the most terrifying <laughs> about yeah. all these articles.
2: Yeah, you know. When Once again, I have to clarify that, you know, Sung Myung Moon had his own church. And then, after he died, his son, you know, split away. and there's bad blood yes. between this church and 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 that. but yes. But, what's interesting was that, you know, Sung Myung Moon, Um, it, he wasn't just like a fringe cult. Like when you think of the Moonies, um, most people wouldn't assume that this was a major, major political influence. I mean, he was, he was met by Reagan and Nixon and he was friends with Bush senior. He started, you know, the Washington times is one of like the foremost conservative, you know, publications in DC. Um, and, and with his son uh, today with the Rod of Iron Church, um, you know, he's got Steve Bannon and, and, you know, GOP candidates coming to speak at his events. And, and I, I actually, I watched this interview with, with um, some people who were, were at one of these events that he had and, and, um, and the interviewer uh, who was from Vice had asked, you know, this, this, you know, middle-aged, you know, white conservative Christian man, like 20 years ago, what do you think he would have said if, if, you know if i told you you would be at this you know Mooney's event and and he said uh not verbatim um he said well you know i i don't know what i would have said then but back then we weren't under attack the way that we are today where our second amendment wasn't under attack you know we there's this this paranoia that is just flooding the you know conservative party today um that You know, they brush aside some of the weirder culty things about it, the second coming of Jesus being this Korean man and everybody will speak Korean. And um, they can put that aside because they feel threatened and paranoid enough about about the state of America today. That's that has been fascinating and seeing the parallels between Sean and his father um it's it's a fascinating and terrifying story.
1: Yeah, it is. Richard, any last uh, thoughts before we move on? Uh, I it, it's
3: it just always fascinates me how how these things are so intertwined as, as several people have said already with politics, religion and and I don't understand how if something like this it can't be so blatantly seen to be if like we said before if this was an islamic group they'd be straight on the terrorist list and shut down the Christians. so it seems okay that's just that's the bit that i find mind-boggling about
1: it all yeah yeah and just a little bit of a side i think um the animism um kind of came from the the um, ancestor worship and um, the floggings kind of came from the South Korea side uh, where that it was a type of Christianity that delved uh, that that dovetailed quite well into the Pentecostalism uh, where spirits are are quite rampant so mm-hmm. I could see how that um, was there's there was fodder there was uh, um, fertile ground for those so the seeds to be sown. all right thank you all I'm gonna be moving on here um Viewers, because you've been so dedicated and spreading the the good news of our faithless nonprofits, we now have, drumroll please, 9.58,000 subscribers. Um, heading towards 10,000 in uh, even a faster rate. So thank you so much. Uh, once we meet, reach that 10,000 subscriber threshold, we'll be able to start doing fundraisers. So uh, if you're watching us now, uh, and you haven't subscribed. Please hit that like button, subscribe, share the link. Um, I uh, I've seen it started to come into more feeds, or heard that as so. You know, the the faster we can get this ball rolling, the faster it's going to pick up speed. So please um, help us out. Let's get the word out there so we can start helping with these fundraisers. And once you um, hit that like and subscribe button, um, turn your notifications to on.. Um, so also, you are aware that the atheist community of Austin has another YouTube channel um, or if you haven't, you should be. Um, please check out the Atheist Experience Network. It's a channel where you can find all the ACA shows in podcast form. Subscribe at tiny.cc/ aenpodcasts to listen to all the episodes of the non-profits atheist experience secular sexuality truth wanted all the ACA shows um please don't miss a single episode all right moving on to segment two uh Richard could you lead us in to um this uh this article
3: yeah this this comes from the Associated Press and uh We've got it's telling us about a top uh, Southern Baptist convention administrator who's resigned because of uh, the controversies around how to investigate the church's response to sexual abuse reports. Uh, The guy's name's Ronnie Floyd, he's from Nashville, and is the president and CEO of the executive committee and he announced his departure as third-party review of the allegations is beginning. He cited his personal integrity several times during his resignation letter and uh, the leadership responsibility entrusted to him for his decision. The report itself is being handled by an investigative firm and, and it's been eyed by the committee and it's looking at allegations that the committee mishandled abuse reports and mistreated survivors.
1: Right. So um, very, uh, this rings of the um, episode we had done a few weeks back. Gosh, it's going to have to give me a second to get to that episode Um, where we saw Ronald Moore and um, Becky and Nancy Moore, um, no relation, both leave um, because of the same type of uh, thing. And I think this is more fallout from from that same um, Laura. Yeah. Genevieve. And
0: the article did say that um, there were already other lay people leaving and other volunteers leaving. And his so his. Um... His resignation letter kind of it bleeds a lot of self pity, and um, you guys are gonna be sorry within the letter. And one thing that it does mention is the number of people leaving um, in response to this. And I don't know if all of their reasons are the same. I suspect that they're very different, um, but because everybody has their own kind of like personal values. But he he seems to be leaving because they are making public all these different records. They're they're waving the the client um, attorney client privileges, and he's against that. And that's my understanding you guys feel free to correct if i'm wrong but um that's his reason for leaving and now these other people they might be leaving for different reasons fear of reprisal not wanting to be wrapped up in it like whatever i don't i don't know but that is something that is that people seem to be exiting the left and right yeah it, yeah.
3: it did sorry Genevieve, go on.
0: no 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 please after you
3: uh, it, it did say that it could have been done without uh, it, it alluded to a financial risk Uh, in it and uh saying it could be financially uh uh, risky and i took that to mean that they may have to pay abuse victims damages that that's what i took away from that
0: yeah and now that really confuses me if you guys want to clarify that like how does that have anything to do with whether or not he's going to resign or stay on like if the church is responsible for abuse victims um for paying them um oh what do you call it Uh, the money that you, oh my gosh the, the word is reparation, reparations reparations yeah thank you so if, if the church is going to be financially responsible what does that have anything to do with his position like he personally is not going to be financially responsible so you're right he mentions that in his letter Richard but do you guys have any idea or any any um, sort of clarification on why that has anything to do with this? so
2: what I would assume um, was that he. It seems like reading between the lines of everything that I've seen about this, that he he will most likely be stepping down um, because of the, you know, the potential financial risk if he were to stay on. Um, because, you know, it, it's interesting seeing the reporting um, from, you know, NPR and AP and then, you know, versus Christianity Today, they make it seem like he uh, is stepping down, like as you cited, uh, because they were changing their policies about, you know, releasing information to third party investigators uh, when it comes to sexual assault, but what it really seems like, from from what has happened and what has come out from the whistleblower report, was that he was just caught in a boldface lie about how he he said that he would protect sexual abuse victims and he cared about them and that you know that there was nothing untoward happening. And then he was caught, you know, on a hot mic, um, essentially saying he's not worried about what survivors have to say. It's all about preserving the base. Um, yeah. so you know. I think when we discuss the financial ramifications and the policy changes, he's, he's leaving because he would be implicated as a bad actor. And if he were to remain on, I I would not be surprised if he were, were uh, voluntold to, Uh, to resign. Yeah. The the
1: writing was already on the wall, huh?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, this was a hard fat, a hard fought battle um, from the messengers um, to the executive committee uh, these are new terms for me I tell you what mm-hmm. I learned a lot about um, the Southern Baptist conventions um, power dynamic and how money flows and um, in in the, doing a little bit of background on this so yeah it seems like he, there was a uh, a coalition of churches or church leaders from um, the Southern Baptist Convention Southern division that were threatening to um, direct funds to um, more more uh, to better directions to fulfill the goals of the Southern Baptist Convention other than take, sending it to the, the committee that um, they were uh, they were about ready to turn off the tap. And um, it was three weeks that they were going back and forth asked looking for this um, and it, from what I heard that the, the council has to follow the, what the broad member base says in their bylaws and um they weren't the the the, the definitely the council of messengers were saying we want this to happen we want this um independent investigation to go on and we want it to be open to everyone without um you know without um, confidentiality agreements being made and that was the sticking point for a long time and it went for quite some time um and up to the point of you're not going to get any money before they they cave
3: yeah it's it's uh it, it, it's one of uh, many problems I did a bit of digging and there was an ABC article uh, that stated that um, the response to sex abuse is one of several issues causing controversy in the conservative evangelical denomination it says it's experienced years of declining membership in addition to some high profile departures. tensions have flared in recent years over critical race theory women's leadership roles in the church and partisan politics it just seems like the whole thing's in a complete mess
0: well and i mean yes but then also to put it it in a little bit of perspective they still have an estimated 14 million members so when they say in decline i mean obviously that that might sound like really, really good news. And um, like, certainly to me, the more these organizations, like the more people kind of lose faith in these organizations, the more they hold them responsible, the happier I am. But then I see the number 14 million, and it's like, okay, yeah. So even if a million or two left, that's still 13, 12 million people. So we, we have to keep it in a bit of perspective that this is still a very, very large, powerful, influential um, organization. Genevieve?
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm just. I'm so, so sick and tired of talking about churches and and Christian churches in particular sexually abusing victims and then the ones who aren't abusing them are the ones who are covering it up. Um, I was even a, a little disheartened when I was reading articles um, sort of covering this um, because it it wasn't centered on, you know, what, you know, these victims have gone through or, or, or anything that, that has to do with their struggle and their trauma. And it all has to do with, well, what does this mean for the church? Um, You know, hmm. and it's, once again, it's, it's the bottom line. It It doesn't, it, the individuals don't matter. All that matters is is you know how many how many members can they keep? How like how much tithing can can really go on? You know, and and this is something that sort of frustrates me. Just when it comes to biblical morality itself, is that you know. All sins are equal, so it's so easy for them to sort of brush off something like sexual assault when perhaps in their eyes homosexuality is much more egregious. Um, just sort of speaking from what I've heard from friends who went to you know Southern Baptist conversion therapies. Um, I had a friend who was told, you know, these these people, you know, people who had molested family members or had done horrible horrible acts, mostly it was sexual acts of violence. You know, they're better off than you. Because, you know, they they can repent and that is fine. Once you repent, you're fine. You you have a lot of work to do because it is, you know, your homosexuality is in your bones. Um and and that's sort of been a theme with with a lot of Christian sexual abuse is that not only is there sort of this, this patriarchal structure where where the status of men is, is you know, prioritized over women, um, but if, if you do an oopsie, like sexual assault, you can just repent and you're forgiven. And that's just, it's not how the world works. It's not how it's supposed to work. And to them, it's much more important to let that sort of happen. And then just really, really focus on maintaining their power so they can spread the good word of Christ. And it it truly is heartbreaking. Yeah,
0: it's infuriating, actually. Yeah. And um, I agree with you. And it, what was really, really interesting about his um, resignation letter um, that really got me kind of fired up. So it's a very, very drippy in, in the please pity me and um, here's all the mistakes you guys made and all this other stuff and a lot of um, putting guilt onto the, um, the um, Southern Baptist Convention. But then there's there's maybe two or three three sentences about, oh, yeah, and we care about these people, we care about the victims. But even then, like, even when he's giving what little bit of his resignation letter, um, giving that little tiny bit to the the victims, even then it's for his own glorification because it's all about, well, I as a husband and a father and a grandfather, I care about these people and you guys should know how much I care about these people. And um, it, it really reeks of um, self-aggrandizing and not even really necessarily reaching out to the victims or apologizing to the victim anyway. She-
3: yeah, and I, I, I just want to reflect what both of you have just said. That for me is the biggest problem with this story i read a lot of articles on this story and every single one see the, the abuse victims themselves seem to be in a side it was the difficulty yeah. it was causing for mm-hmm. the church and the denomination's future which seemed to be the top priority and that i just i just couldn't believe it there was nothing there was nothing really about the victims in there
0: yeah and tons of articles out there on it don't get me wrong the articles are, are not few um, but you're right. They all focus church itself or the individual members who are implicated or um, or stuff like that. But you're right. Nothing about the victims other than the fact that they're. It, the... it,
1: please.
2: Oh, I, I just uh, just really quickly. I just wanted to say that, you know, I I spent a lot of time talking to people who have deconstructed, you know, within the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. And the biggest complaint is that, you know, these these, you know, heads up at the church, you know, are so concerned about maintaining. Um, you know, their their viewership and, and their members. Um, but then they refuse to listen to the people who have left. And they are so loud. There is a huge deconstruction community who can tell you this is why we're leaving. It's because you're hypocritical. It's because of all of this that you're trying to cover up. It would serve them so much better if they could actually just listen to the genuine complaints from people who are leaving and people who are victims and and they wouldn't even be in this mess. It's it's <laughs> it's so funny how stupid, so stupid they are for, for doing this. It would be funny if it weren't so horrific. horrific. Um yeah, horrific. Yes. Imagine As the you, moral
0: integrity. If 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 churches and organizations based on like the faith of God and the love of Jesus and stuff were to just say, like, yes, our CEO. Got caught doing this, and we are going to kick him out, and we're going to punish him, and we don't want that kind of stuff. And we don't represent that, and here we're we're telling you guys all of it, we're exposing all of it. Imagine the moral integrity that that organization would have, and and yet that that that's never the way that it seems to be handled.
1: Yeah, I I am I'm hopeful that um, the bottom up type structure that the SBC has can push for some positive change, you know, as it continues to crumble, Mm -hmm. but let's just make it not putrefy as quickly. Um, You know, like for this to go to as far as it did, to have a, um, a bring in a, uh, a second, a, um, what's the word? Um, Independent, excuse me, Mm -hmm. um, investigation on these allegations and to um, have that, it's, what is that they say here? All six of the Southern Baptist Seminary presidents made public statements calling on the executive committee to stop stalling and follow the will of the convention members, Mm -hmm. and they threatened to redirect funds. So, yeah, I mean, I I can see as the grassroots membership um, becomes the next generation that is okay with people being who they are color they are, mm-hmm. the gender they are, whatever they are, yeah. um, that the pressure that they can put then on the the command structure, um, the church hierarchy, I'm, I'm hoping can lessen this um, and, and try to bring more light upon it. Um, I'd say you'd have a much greater chance of um, of that happening in a structure like this than in, say, a structure like the Catholic Church, where oh, I don't yeah. know that, that they would have the, the same amount of, uh, of top-down. <laughs> Uh, So, yeah. Um, I'm glad to see that um, there's change going on or um, that this um, review is is going forward. But yeah, Mm -hmm. Southern Baptist uh, Convention is not in good shape. No, I...
2: (laughs) yeah um you know i do want to just thank uh the whistleblower uh who is uh philip bethencourt who 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 put together he he was in these meetings he recorded all of them and then wrote this this letter just exposing everything and i can only imagine how difficult that was for him um you know i you're right it's kind of yay that this it would be kind of cool if all of this just went away and we could just not you know base our world so much on the Bible. Um, but I do recognize that, you know, faith is something that is so, so important to people. It, it, it consumes your entire essence of who you are and your worldview. And mm-hmm. to go against your church the way that that Philip had to. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that if this church exists, if Christianity is going to be such a, an unfortunate dominant force in this country, I would at least like to see more Christians like him doing the right thing when the church will refuse to.
1: Agreed.
3: Yeah, definitely. Instead of focusing on damage limitation, I think the image of the church would be far better served from, you know, standing there. Instead of moving the abusers around to try and cover it up, just loudly like just loudly shout about it. We've uncovered abuse in our organisation. The yep. perpetrator has been removed and reported to the police, and we will do whatever it takes to help the victim. It's not much to do. It's a standard thing in other areas of society. Why can't the church do the same thing?
0: Yeah, I did want to say one more one more thing quickly. Malty had said something about you know the new generation standing up for people and bringing kind of like that that more tolerance to the um, congregation. One one of the articles did mention a tweet by one of the members, um, and I wanted to read his tweet because I think it is really uh, sort of a testament that even if the leadership isn't really responsible, that the members are. He says um, there's a large group of survivors who daily walk in integrity despite the way they have been cast aside by the people who have been called upon to honor them. They are the real heroes, even if there is no stained glass windows in their name. So I kind of liked that. And I wanted to read that because we were just talking about how they're not really being recognized and they are maybe not in the articles and maybe not by the church leadership, but people out there are certainly. So I did want to acknowledge that. Yeah. Thank you so much for for sharing that. That was really, that is
2: really nice. That's yeah.
1: Shall we move on? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I don't know how much more my blood pressure can take.
1: <laughs> okay. So uh, so to uh, allow our blood pressure to uh, reduce, <laughs> let's take a, a little bit of a break from our conversation. Um, if you didn't tune into um, the other ACA shows last week, um, I'd like to show you a little bit of what you have missed. I had this dream. That there was golden feces coming from the sky, uh, taking a on his dad's church. Hi, it's good to be on. Thank you for
3: calling. Thank you for calling. What do you got for us today?
4: Well, I have a story about time travel and how I
3: time traveled myself. Is there a Delorean involved? Oh, hey Jesus, do you forgive me? Yeah, oh, yeah, you're good, you're square. That doesn't make you square with the person that you've wronged.
0: Yeah, That's... or with mortal law. Like, great, you earned your way back into heaven. Super duper for you. One
1: million though, but... subs by the end of the day. We can do this, you guys. For the non-profits, <laughs> I will dress like Doctor Evil. If we get to a million subs, I'll shave my head bald and oh my, god. One, and I'll
3: come <laughs> in and do the one million <laughs> subs thing.
4: I can do this all day long. You ain't got no power, and your god ain't got no power. I ain't a afraid your God could give me a hangnail. Why can't you answer a simple question? What good would it do for you to read scripture?
0: With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen
4: the bride and groom?
2: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we
0: lost track of time.
1: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I always love those. Those are always so
1: good. That was great. Thank you, Laura. That was that <laughs> super was,
0: duper. That
1: was super <laughs> duper.
0: <laughs> oh, That's not sarcasm. I don't know what is.
1: <laughs> oh, so moving on our next segment uh laura you're yes. gonna lead us in this um, yes so i i am not personally um someone who has had children but i know laura you have ch- children that are in school and same with Richard. Is I have right?
0: children that are in homeschool and then I do have stepchildren that are in public school. Um, yeah. But this this next article was posting me and I did ask to be the one to sit. Um, so it's from Popular Information. Um, it's titled, The Right-Wing Operatives Orchestrating the Attack on America's School Board. Um, so this is particularly interesting to me because even in our area, and not them specifically, but um, irate parents have been um, harassing parents who support things like mass in school and vaccination stuff like that. So parents have been actually like run off the school grounds and like they'll be chasing their cars as they're driving off and they've interrupted school board meetings, even here locally. So when I saw this article, I was like, oh yeah, no, this is very widespread and this is a problem. Um, So this article is um, about um, this group um, and it it does go into other groups as well and it it kind of highlights that um, ongoing problem with people being given death threats, with um, school board meetings interrupted, um, people being shouted at and threatened and like knocking on the windows during the meeting. Um, but this particular group is, is nasty. Um, and what they're doing is um, they're trying to push um, sort of a right wing agenda into the public school system. And what's interesting about this is that it, basically their rhetoric. So they, they say that their job is to reclaim the schools from sort of extremism and what they call a woke curricula um, whatever that means, I think to get into that. Um, but they um they say that they are a national oh and they're they're called, I should go back to what they're called, um P D E is the parents defending education. Um and they're Um, Their reported um, sort of slogan is that they're a national grassroots organization working to reclaim our schools from activists posing harmful agendas. Um, I found that kind of interesting because here you have this group that's trying to push a really heavy agenda um agendas like still having prayers in school and um, not teaching about um oh what is it called the um oh uh, critical race theory which isn't by the way ca- taught in grade schools by the way but um they're 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 really pushing this agenda of what can and can't be in public school and yet they're saying that their agenda is to stop people from public schools yeah. so found that a little yeah. bit hypocritical. critical but what do you guys think about that
3: Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the, I think it needs to be pointed out as well that this in uh, the people they're not metaphorically attacking people they're actually going out and threatening it- physical violence yeah. against people yeah
2: yeah I have unfortunately quite a lot to say. I was actually um, just moving this week from my old small town in uh, in the Bible Belt in the Carolinas. Um, and when I was there last year, I was I was a campaign manager for a progressive uh, state congressional campaign, and I got to know a lot of the candidates, um, including our school board candidates. Something that's important to note is that there there is an attack on our school boards that is happening across the country from irate parents who have been um, basically brainwashed into believing that any sort of education that doesn't center God, guns, and country is, you know, this Marxist, liberal demon, whatever. Um, So the attack is coming both from parents who are threatening members of school boards and just parents who oppose their beliefs. Um, But then the attack is also happening in the election from candidates who are being pushed in, um, to these offices and, and sort of galvanizing this base to say, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're here on the inside. Um, back in my hometown, uh, we had three candidates, uh, who have no real education, uh, you know, experience to speak of. Who unseated these experts who had been there uh, for years, who had worked in, you know, education in colleges, and and immediately, of course, they banned critical race theory. Um, one of them is even pushing to center their sex ed curriculum around the dangers of being a single parent. Um, and they've said a lot of really inflammatory things about um children who are born out of wedlock um they've said some really racist things transphobic things and it's 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 incredible like just absolutely jaw-dropping to see the entire clown show that is every school board meeting in this small town A a few weeks ago the meeting had to be canceled because there was a death threat uh made towards one of their colleagues and these guys completely downplayed it um they gaslit everybody said that there wasn't a credible threat which we later found out was untrue i just i've had personal altercations and arguments with these guys it's it's terrifying to see what is happening, not just in my county, but all around the country, this is not this is not a, a
0: a you know single phenomenon. It's terrifying. What do you guys have to say about that?
2: <laughs> well, and they even put yeah. it on their own
0: website. Like they put a map up. They call it the indoctrination map. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we have links to it in the, in the original article. But it has um, locations of schools all over the place that they feel aren't teaching the correct curriculum, or that they feel are um, needing to be targeted with activism. And it's really kind of scary to think about that. They're like, hey, people go to these schools. Hey, people, cause a. Here, um, it's it's a little bit terrifying, and I don't know. I kind of thought of this a little bit as um, homegrown terrorism within our public school system. Because you may not have, you know, necessarily bombs going off or, or um, gun violence. But what you do have is you are literally terrorizing people that are part of these boards to the point where they can't do their jobs. Um, and parents can't go to school board meetings and, and stick up for their own personal because they're going to be attacked by other people. And so if that's not terrorism, I don't know what is. And it's kind of frightening that this has happened even at our
1: local public
3: Yeah, Yeah, I'm glad. Uh, Sorry, multi. go on.
1: Oh, um, I was going to talk a little bit about this uh, parents defending education, which is uh, trying to pass themselves off as a grassroots uh, grassroots. Organization um, where it's it's a little bit different than that. Um, These um, the people that are leading this have worked very close um, in close proximity to or been funded by the Koch brothers. Um, In fact, the president um, Nicole Nelly um, was a uh, was a advisor to um, the Koch Foundation for a while, and now um, she's the president of this. Um, What what they're trying to do i find is um, stop or roll back any progress that um, has been happening over the past few years towards um, equality and um, increasing the uh, education of our children the safety and welfare of our teachers Um, and when i see on their website that they would maintain uh, this indoctrination map which what that is is um it's a place where people can post um, I saw this where um, I saw someone committing anti-racism uh, a little, uh, or that uh, they also are asking if you see someone that is um, offering teacher support through um, affinity groups, or if you're, if you see people that are acknowledging inequality, you, you can let us know and we'll put these pins in this map. So these are things that, you know, we need to everyone be uh, aware of that these problems are going on. It's like anti-racism um yeah it it, but when you get people like tucker carlson and fox news um then promoting this stuff um it uh it can kind of get some traction. And that's very, very scary.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the the how well funded and how well backed is, um, which I didn't mention when I produced it. And I'm, I'm glad you did um, because there there was also another, um, they, they're both, both of these um, groups are really well funded, but there was another one they talked about in the article called No Left in Education. And I'm just going to read it here that what the article says about it. It says um, that they were a relatively small unit until Fishbean appeared on Tucker Carlson Tonight, which you were just talking about, right? After which the group's Facebook page Shot up from fewer than two hundred followers to over thirty thousand overnight, right? So we're we're talking about some pretty well connected, well funded people who are able to just grow their numbers in in this absolutely tremendous way. Um, it's kind of frightening, Mm -hmm. and and their their rhetoric sounds really really good. Like, oh, we don't want to, um, we don't want divisiveness in our schools. We don't hate. um, They're doing a political agenda. It all sounds like something that if I didn't know what they were talking about, I could get behind, Mm -hmm. right? If I if I didn't research it and know what what their rhetoric was really about, I would be like, yeah yeah yeah, we shouldn't have. Like radicalized agendas being taught in public schools, right? But they're talking about things like pro LGBT mess, a good sexual health education. Um, I, I just think it's, it's, I don't even know what to say about it other than mm-hmm. like, it's a little bit, I know you are, but what am I? At? They're the ones that are so radical telling us that yeah. this is how we need to teach our children. And yet, and yet their messaging is, is so well-meaning sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I
2: mean, the, that is one thing that the right does so, so well, which is, which is messaging. I mean, look at, look at the terrorist insurrection on January 6th. It was people praying and waving flags and they've, they sort of co-opted pra- patriotism itself um, as sort of like this monkey or four i'm going to stop every progress and i'm going to you know do everything in my power to make sure that i maintain the power to oppress other people but you're so right that they they are so so good at messaging um and it's and it's not by accident i mean it's it's sort of what we're we're touching on here this is so well funded the other thing that that you know the right is so good at is just astroturfing. They are experts at sort of utilizing social media um, to astroturf these these movements. Um, which I, I don't know if you're familiar with that term, but it no, basically no. Be, yeah. So you know we we talk about grassroots campaign. Mm-hmm. Astroturfing is where you you know basically from the top down you you make it seem as if this is a grassroots campaign, but it is completely artificial. It is funded by the Koch brothers. Or by, you know, the, these major figureheads behind the scenes. Um, they are so good at that. And, and it's so, it's so sad to see because in, in a lot of the towns that I've been to campaigning and and sort of talking to, to these parents and these individuals is that, you know, they, they believe wholeheartedly that they are on the right side. They think that they are good American Christians. They truly are terrified that, that our country is, is under attack, that, that children are being taught this evil Marxism and, and are you know, being
0: taught. To be gay and, and I was all about of to say that homosexuality thing. can be taught in the first place.
2: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, they're so afraid of, of representation. Um it's it, but I, I feel for a lot of these parents because they are genuinely terrified. And 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 Fox News, OAN, all of these all of these
0: organizations are so good at inciting that fear. Um oh, it's, and stirring it up. Yeah. yeah. I know I have absolutely. a very close family member with whom I've cut off ties who spouts this rhetoric. And I even put that in my in my show notes that like this really is scary because um I have family members who believe this kind of stuff and who are so um closely Aligned with this message and to try and talk to them or talk them out of it or reason was very 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 difficult and mm-hmm. like what I was talking about with the the hey the rhetoric sounds really good even to me if I didn't know any better um, one of the things they said about accepting LGBTQ children was that it represents the dismantling of the family right which to me is abhorrent like the the fact that you can even say that about any child and and their their sexual or gender preferences or how they feel or how they identify um, to me it's absolutely ridiculous but when someone else hears dismantling of the family unit that causes real fear that causes like panic that that we are going to come apart as a social like weaving right and so yeah I'm right there with you like I, I it's a mix of pity for these people but then also just I'm infuriated by it yeah you
3: know. it's sometimes I Sometimes I'm so glad that I don't live in America, and this is this is one of those times. Don't don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. We have, we have our fair share of like uh, parents who get you know, want to protest against schools here, you know, they, we've had a few cases of like Muslim parents going down because of not being happy with what, but that's reactionary. And that's mm. completely different to what's happening here, because this is something that's like being underscored throughout the American education system mm. as something that's bad. And it, it's a movement. This isn't a reaction to something. It's a movement dressed up as a reaction to something. And that's right. what's dangerous about it.
0: Yeah. I was, I was going to correct you until you said that, Dressed up as because that is how they speak. They, no, we are reacting. Like you, you are trying to change our school systems. You are trying to indoctrinate our children. You are trying to um, sneak your agenda of of intolerance and hate into the school system. Although I'm not sure how understanding understanding racism and being compassionate towards LGBTQ people can possibly be hate and and, mm-hmm. and dismantling. But yeah, um, you're you're right. It is dressed up as a reaction, but it's very proactive.
1: When I first saw this indoctrination map. Before- I got an understanding of what it was. Um, and I saw the uh, the little pins as places where I thought that they were actually going and, and, and doing action. And I'm like, oh my gosh, look at the East Coast. But no, no, th- this is where they're seeing things like, I say... Uh, positive um this is places where they're saying things going awry or going to the left so i mean Mm -hmm. that actually when i look at this map and now i see all these pins it it does make me a little more happy um especially all the ones in texas and all down the east coast um so it it is good to see that there's um some some forward Mm -hmm. movement um Mm -hmm. the education front
2: you know you just really quickly it's funny because you mentioned texas i I didn't even even think about this before, but you know the the so the the entire um, you know school curriculum and and what pu- gets published in textbooks, a lot of that is centered around what Texas wants because they are such a huge market, and some of these publishers are based there. And the irony of these guys coming and saying that this leftist agenda is what we're reacting to, um, we actually have a lot of really right wing bias in the way that we currently teach, teach things school. like history and science. <laughs> Like you've already won. You have already won. You have already sort of diminished the science and history that is in the books that exist today. Why? Why are they complaining even more? I just—it's—it's it's so terrifying, and I do pity them to see that they've invented this sort of boogeyman. And yet, if they just actually focused on what has happened, like unfortunately, they've already won. Yeah, Doesn't... and this—the
3: this, point <laughs> oh, you make right, about—sorry—the uh, point you make about uh, the publishers being based in Texas, I think that's—we've uh, we've touched several times in the past on the non-profits about uh, the the uh, school boards being. Uh, uh, like petitioned to try and get things like uh, creationism taught as, um, as as legitimate scientific theories when they're just not, and that mm-hmm. uh, that in part is because if they get in in Texas. That's where the publishers are, and then they can it can be spread throughout the US. And, and it, it is company. a con it's concerted effort and there's there's real reasoning behind it. But they don't seem to understand that the this isn't just they're not just threatening uh, you know, the school board members physically, they're not just threatening them with violence. What they're actually doing is putting their own children at risk to bad ideas and bad thinking, and that's one of the most dangerous things about this whole thing. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, not to to go back to the anti-masking, but just that alone, when if you're not wanting your child to wear a mask, fine, don't be happy about it. Don't let your child wear a mask or whatever. Um, but to, to cause that kind of violence disruption in schools and to demand that there not be a mask policy at all whatsoever, if you think about it, it's like, look, um, you may or may not agree that masks help. But. They don't hurt, right? And so whether or not you know the science behind it, whether or not you completely agree with it, to just tell your child like, hey, we're just taking precautions. Maybe this precaution helps, maybe it doesn't, right? But we're just going to take a precaution versus I'm not going to have my child wear a mask, right? Like y- you bring up a really good point. Like the the different rhetoric that they're that they're spouting and the things that they're actually fighting against really do bring harm to their, like actual harm to their children. Um, not just with the mask thing, but think about like LG issues and what they're saying. What if one of their children falls into that category? Like they're, they're not just hurting another parent's child, which is bad enough, but they could be potentially, potentially hurting their
1: own. Genevieve, any yeah, last
0: words? You know, I think you, Laura, you bring up such a good point.
2: and And the, the sad thing is, because I, I know a lot of these anti-mask and anti-vax parents, they In their mind they would never do anything to harm their children they think that they're helping them they think that they're standing up for what's right and it's just with with how many children have gotten sick with how many parents are sick with uh, you know schools closing um with everything going on it's just it's it's so so heartbreaking to see parents who who genuinely think they're on the right side of history or who are helping their children just actively hurting them so blatantly you know i think if they could somehow wake up and see this they I, i would hope that they would be
1: horrified Yes. Well said. So, with that said, let's go ahead and move on to our, our last um, segment of day. This actually be a looking back.
2: Yes, I looking am very excited to, to talk about about this one. Um, so, this article actually it comes from uh, Mr. Ronald Bruce Meyer. Um, he he published this on Free Thought Almanac at. Uh, about Ten years ago, in 2011, um, but we're talking about the great disappointment, um, which is is equal parts funny and sad. Um, so. Uh- <laughs> So yeah, this, this, this month will or this, this week actually will be the anniversary of the great Disappointment. This uh, happened in the 1840s uh, thanks to a man named uh, William Miller. Uh, he was a Baptist preacher who, who truly believed that every single line in the Bible was equally important. Nothing could be thrown away. And he had come to this, like many other people, made these calculations to pinpoint exactly when Jesus would, re- would return and, and the end times would be here. Um, his initial prediction was for sometime between March, 1843 and uh, March, 1844, um, and uh, much to his disappointment, uh, April came, and and he said, "Oh, I'm I'm so sorry, I used the wrong calendar." Um, so he he switched to using the rabbinic Jewish calendar and predicted, "No, this will be this will happen in April." And of course, we're still here, so you know where the story goes. April came and went, and and you know that was disappointing. And he said, "Oh, I'm so sorry, I was mistaken. Um, this is actually going to happen in August." And and keep in mind, he actually had quite a few followers. This is you know the Millerites were they're not a mass massive uh christian denomination but that there were enough followers that this is this is you know an important part of history um naturally august came and went nothing happened and he said that is it october 22nd you've heard it here october 22nd jesus will return um and it's so it's so amazing that there were so many people who were heartbroken and disappointed to the point where they were physically ill for days because of course October 23rd came and the world was still here and just fine. Um and so this is what is known as the great disappointment. Um there were quite a few people who who literally fell ill and and could not leave their house. They were so so sick and so heartbroken and they didn't know what was happening. Um how could this have happened? We were so sure. Um but of course you can't... I can't admit, oh, perhaps we were wrong and Jesus was never coming? No, no, no. Of course that couldn't happen. And so you actually had quite a few different segments sort of break off from the Millerites. You had people who who claimed that, oh, uh, the doors were shut and so perhaps everybody who was going to go has gone and and we're just stuck here. And that sucks. That is like the second great disappointment. Um, they weren't super popular. Um, disappointment 2.0. There were other people who who had looked back at scripture and had said oh perhaps the door isn't shut and we can still be saved so we just have to keep waiting um and and you know, it's it's interesting. The the top two sects uh of these broken up, broken hearted Millerites actually later became the Advent Christian Church and the Seventh day Adventists. So this sort of funny and sad story that we've heard a million times of oh no, my end of the world prophecy was wrong, um, actually uh, still exists as churches today. Um it's it's an interesting, interesting story. Um it is and
3: and an one one thing that's uh, you—you've just reminded. They didn't write this down in the show notes at all. <laughs> it's literally just listening to you has just been that. This is carrying on a long tradition from the beginning of Christianity because yeah. there's there's a there's a there's a, a scholarly kind of almost consensus that jesus himself was a, a, a rabbinic end of the world preacher who was basing what he believed on the book of daniel mm-hmm. and uh, he he believed that uh, it's thought by some scholars that the world was going to end in his own lifetime and when it didn't the texts had to be re- What well, his words have to be re- reinterpreted. So by the time you got to John and and John, right, in his gospel, Jesus wasn't, uh, Talking about the end of the world in his own lifetime, what it was doing, he was talking about a kingdom coming far in the future and a heaven in the sky that everyone went to, rather than an, the Daniel kind of idea that heaven was going to be on Earth for a thousand years. So Jesus, this is this has got a long tradition.
0: And Jesus mm-hmm. does also say, like at the very least, that his followers are going to, like some of his followers will still be alive when the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, right. So even though he acknowledged it wasn't in his own life, he still believed. And I, I say he is in the written jesus not the actual jesus because we don't know um still says that within your guys's lifetimes and that has to be Mm -hmm. reconciled and and tossed around by all these different people who are calculating now these modern dates right there has to be all this justification done but you're right it goes back to the very 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 beginning of the teaching he said you know my followers like you will still be alive when the end yeah it's a matthew
2: 16 28 um you know it's I I can only imagine it that that was the initial Great Disappointment. It's just another, it's another (laughs) Christian tradition. There's, there's, there wasn't a pagan holiday, so they didn't co-opt it, but it's, you know, it's, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's, it's interesting too, um, because I, you know, I, I've I've talked to some some friends who are theologians, and and really it, there was sort of this period of time after you know allegedly after Jesus's death where where people were were upset because they they didn't think he was coming back. They said, "Wait, yeah. do you, you know." you you said truly i say to you like you know not all of you will taste death before before this happens and you know what do you know rome comes and and ends his life um and and they're sort of scratching their head and that's you know it's interesting uh with with paul really being the one who is sort of you know Brings up this movement of of Jesus has returned from this vision. Um, yeah, it's it that was sort of the original good news. But you know, there's there's so 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 many people throughout history who have who have done the calculations and say that the world will end. You know either 2012 or Y2K or, you know, there's this, there's this long, long history. And I, I know people today who believe that we're in the end time. Yep. Um, mm-hmm.
0: I have family back. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: So you also, so Richard has said you you made him think of something that wasn't your notes and you did the same for me. Um, one of the things that you think about was how eager these people are for the end. Like, I mean, it's one thing if you think that eventually, hey, I'm going to die eventually. That's not the chain. But I'll be going to heaven, so that's great. And eventually when I do die, I'll go to heaven. Fantastic. But for people to be cheering or like really want to the end of this particular reality or, or life to end so that they can go to heaven um, it really kind of frightening like that that people are so eager for that to happen not only because they're they're eager for this particular life to end which I kind of dig um but because they just the thought of all the people that once that happens that are gonna spend an eternity in hell burning and suffering terrible anguish while they're lounging it out in heaven and that's okay
1: with- yeah well they're gonna be raptured so they don't have to go through the whole Um, you know, process of getting old and getting increpid and dying, they can just, you know, just poop up right to heaven. You bet. Um, You know, one of the things that you said that was in my notes, (laughs) but you reminded me of, was um, the term good news. The Millerites um, did a lot of publications. Um, They had put out like three different Um, We're we're targeting women They were targeting um, The science community They were targeting different people That they're to try to bring them in And to um, to their um, To their denomination And it just It seems so familiar Throughout this entire episode Of how these um, Whether they be religious or not um, Groups are using Their propaganda And the dissemination of propaganda For um, For what For for their own goals. Um, I was going to say for ill-gotten good, but I don't... Is it ill-gotten if they actually believe what they're doing? Um,
2: You know, I you just reminded me of, of something that is in my notes, but I, I wasn't necessarily, you know, in front of mine. It's it's so it's so easy to laugh about this stuff. It is it's funny. I mean it reminds me of, you know, in Parks and Rec, you've got the reasonable list. They they sort of joke <laughs> about that constantly. It's it's really funny. But um and you know, even people at that time found it funny. Um it was kind of heartbreaking to see that a lot of these Millerites um they were being tormented and mocked by their community after October 22nd, really just pouring salt in the wood. Um, there's, uh, Miller was quoted saying these children were running up and said, oh, ha- have you not gone up yet? Um, you know, it was just sort of, you know, sad. But, but we forget because this is this is funny and kind of silly and goofy. Um, there are very real ramifications to to holding these end time beliefs. Um, so it kind of it is ill gotten if if a majority of, of uh Christians in America believe that Jesus is returning in the next 50 years, why should they care about climate change? Why should they care about the long term consequences or or any of of our actions if if in the end it's not going to if they don't think it's going to be an issue um i actually Um, i I spoke to a friend uh, who had said um, she she wanted to take care of the environment because that's what you know the Bible says to be a good steward. But God would never let something happen that wasn't in His plan, and so clearly climate change isn't going to be an existential threat because, of course, the kingdom will come before that. Um, but but please, what were you what were you going to say, Laura?
0: Oh no, you had just made me think of something from the the previous um, I think it was segment two when we did the the talk about church sexual um, assault allegations. It kind of justifies the idea of what you were just saying like, oh, no, no, this is part of God's plan or God will take care of it. It kind of justifies some of the sort of the rug aspect of a lot of their actions, like the well, 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 it'll all get worked out in the end. God will take care of it. These people will either be forgiven, or if not, it's God's choice. Um, these people who are maybe the sexual assault victims, God knows their suffering, He has a plan for their suffering. And that that works me up more than anything. The idea that, oh, God has a plan for that child that died, or God has a plan for that child that was raped, or whatever the case may be. That that really fires me up. But what you are saying, it kind of comes full circle with all of these different articles talking about where people really do truly believe that, well, yeah, it may not be good right now, but it's all part of God's plan. And that results in a lack of action that could potentially make it better.
2: Yeah, you're, yeah, you're
3: th- 100% there. I think prediction itself is an excellent area of study for cri- critical thinking. You know, it, it, it allows us to delve into and give specific examples of how easily and in what way the human mind is flawed when it comes to how bad our brains are at certain things. And I think that that's the biggest thing I took away from this story, that, I, that the, all of my show notes are about how, how easily deluded we are. And how Laura's probably fed up of me saying it, know. not I? No, and, keep saying and, it. I, Preach I say it, brother. all the time, all the time. Yeah. Our brains are crap. They really are. <laughs> We're so easily confused by things. And, and, it, you know, this is a prime example prediction in any form. Is a prime example of that. It's so easily unravelled when you look into it. There's, there's no prediction being made ever, which is. A, a, a kind of religious prediction which has got any substance to it that that stands up to scrutiny.
0: Yeah, Richard, this will make you feel better because you were just apologizing. But this is literally um, the first paragraph of my show notes, particular one. Okay, question. How many times exactly has the world not ended? Answer, every single time. These articles are great illustrations of the lack of critical thinking and the presence of hypocrisy in the teeth of the church, blah, 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 blah. But you're absolutely right. Critical <laughs> thinking is the piece that's missing here the most. and um, it results in um, yeah. just justific- like post hoc justifications for why it didn't actually happen the way that they said it would happen.
1: That's true, mm-hmm. you know. You know, I, I one thing that has happened is we have just about come to the end of our time. So I'm going to ask um, if any of you have. Um, uh just ending thoughts for this article um or for the articles in general please um speak up what um laura what do you have anything to to end with or you just sounds like you just
0: <laughs> yeah i'm good but if you want me to keep talking i'll keep talking
1: so. I think... <laughs> <I feel> like... <laughs> <laughs> that's entirely unlike laura <laughs> uh,
3: i, I... I don't, every article, I think, as we could go on and talk about for a long, long time. There's, uh, I, I think, one of the biggest things overall we need to take away is that the church really needs to. There's nothing wrong with believe. If you want to, I'm going to get so much flack for this. If you want to believe in God, that's entirely your prerogative. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't make excuses when it fucks up. You know, if your church is doing something wrong, own it, take responsibility and admit it. And that's the way, you know, that's what the Bible taught, ta- integrity and honesty. And slavery. (laughs) (laughs) slavery. (laughs) (laughs) Practice what you preach. Don't try and cover things up. People will respond much better.
2: Yeah. um, Rich, I mean, you just you brought me to my last thoughts, which is, you know, I I know so many Christians who are are wonderful people. They they read the Bible and they they interpret Jesus as this this amazing, you know, progressive activist who, you know, hung out with sex workers and and you know, stood up against corruption and informs them in a way that they they behave um you know with this sort of radical justice that I, you know, is inspiring and that I enjoy. I've I've met a lot of them just through my own activism, but this is the problem is that, you know, it's it's wonderful if you use the Bible to, to sort of influence your life in a positive way, but there are infinite interpretations of the Bible. You could believe that the Bible tells you that, that Jesus carried an AK 47 or, or an AR 15. I'm sorry. You could, you can believe that, um, It's more important to 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 preserve your base and and not report sexual assault, um, you know, because women aren't that important anyway, um, according to the Bible. You know, you can read all of the same scripture. You can you can calculate end times and you can believe that, um, you know, you're not doing your duty unless you put Jesus in public schools. Everybody is reading the same book and coming to wildly different conclusions. And perhaps, perhaps it would be better if we could just focus on being good people for the sake of being good people and, and learning and understanding each other and just having a more cohesive community and celebrating diversity and not focusing our morality on this arbitrary book that clearly can tell you a million things. It, it reminds me of Susan B. Anthony, who, you know, I'm not going to quote verbatim because it's not in front of me, but, um, you know, I tend to distrust those who claim to know the will of God, for it always seems to come coincide with their own desires so that's okay. that's my takeaway from
1: all of this well said well said all right thank you all um and for you out there please join our fan social media outlets um you can find us um the non-profits um, the atheist community of discord um you do that by going to tiny.cc slash acd discord uh, on facebook at tiny.cc slash F-V-N-P um, if you would like to support the show you can do so by becoming a patron at Patreon tiny.c- tiny.cc slash um, So, and for those of you who find yourself shopping at Amazon you can support us by um, using Amazon Smile uh, smile.amazon.com and select Atheist Community of Austin as the beneficiary and be, please make sure to use the link um, so you can help out the AC we, we do appreciate it. We value you value your feedback. So please tell us what you like, what you don't like. Um, give us comments and emails. Nonprofits at atheist-community.org. And I wanted to thank you all for watching, and I'll see you all next time. Watch The Atheist Experience live Sundays at 4.30
3: p.m. Central. Visit tiny.cc slash ytaxp and call into the
1: show at 512-991-9242 or connect to the show online at tiny.cc slash callaxp.